Welcome to episode 251 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our podcast this week, we're going to chat about data, our digital selves, and the ongoing debate over privacy and permission, given the recent revelations regarding Cambridge Analytica and Facebook's user profiles. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the background of this news item, if, if only to uh, sort of set the foundation for our discussion today, Dirk, although I imagine that everybody's been hearing about it quite a bit on uh, news media anyway. But to lay the groundwork for our discussion anyway, what happened was in 2014, researchers asked people on Facebook to take a personality survey, uh, which allowed the researchers to also scrape some information from the people's profiles, uh, which included information about their friends. And thus, these researchers were able to get information on quite a number of people, 50 million people, their raw profiles were obtained uh, in this fashion, which was just through sort of the innocuous survey, which was, you know, which was given. And this information uh, was then used by a political research and data firm called Cambridge Analytica to do work on uh, President Trump's campaign. So the way in which this data was obtained is no longer allowed by Facebook, of course. Uh, you know, this is uh, sort of a sneaky way, or uh, at, at least a way in which you know, users were unaware that their data could be obtained in this way, uh, even though they might have had the ability to turn on and off a particular setting. Um, nonetheless, important data uh, about you know, all these people uh, was obtained by this uh, research and analytics firm, Cambridge Analytica. So fast forward uh, to 2018, and uh, you know there's there's a huge question now uh, about how this data was used or misused, and uh, you know whether or not uh, the data got you know from Cambridge Analytica into the wrong hands. And uh, over the course of of the past. Uh, four years or so, there have been lots of fits and starts to this story. And Cambridge Analytica said they, you know, got rid of all the data and they no longer had it. And, uh, you know, come to find out that they, they may have had it longer than they said they did. And it's, it's really turned into an awful black mark for Facebook because Facebook's entire business is using the data uh, that it obtains from people to provide the Facebook service. It's really caused people to sort of feel betrayed by Facebook, you know, whether whether that's uh, rightly or wrongly founded, that's up for debate. But right now, Facebook's stock has taken a tremendous hit. The uh, leadership is under fire from, from all quarters, including, uh, you know, the U.S. Uh, Congress is asking uh, Mark Zuckerberg to come and testify, and it's a real difficult time uh, to be uh, working at Facebook. So that all that being said, I, I think this reveals an awful lot about our digital selves 
and um, how we use the information. And, you know, we're going to get into all that today, Dirk. Bef before I start asking questions about that, uh, any, any passing thoughts on, on the history of this story or uh, in insight into the, the brouhaha that uh, is has formed around Facebook. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is typical of, we knew that things like this were going on with Facebook for years, for years. I mean, what they're doing with data, data they're getting, how it's being used, how, the, the whole nine yards. We've talked about it on the show before. So it, it, it's another story where these are things that have been out there. People are aware of them, or, you know, if, if they're not aware of them, they can sort of observationally get a clue that that must be happening given other things that they visibly see happening on the platform. You know, all of that's for a long time, but now suddenly there's something concrete and specific that some people are upset about and now everyone is, is upset. And I mean, be upset with yourselves for not seeing this years ago and knowing that like this kind of stuff was, was going on. We talk about it on this show. If you listen to the show, then you certainly should have been aware um, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm sort of, um, ill, ill tempered towards, uh, the human nature at, at the moment, you know, given, you know, all of the righteous indignation, um, come on. I mean, yeah, it's effed, but it was effed years ago. We knew this, like this is, this is Facebook. I mean, you only talk about it now that the media is talking about it and, and the cameras are on. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little, a little salty in that way, but, you know, John, I'm sure it wouldn't surprise you that, I mean, to me, I mean, look, this, this, it's just all a capitalism issue. If, if the incentive structure for a company is to accumulate as much wealth as possible, largely with no consequences whatsoever, then you can expect that company to accumulate as much as possible doing things that are reflective of a situation where you have likely no consequences whatsoever. So this is this is systemic. If if we structured our economic system, if we structured our society in a way that accumulation of capital uh, wasn't the, the the greatest good, it wasn't you know so lightly regulated. Um, if we had a situation where we were working towards more holistic, more collective. Uh, gains and benefits, none of this would be happening. But it's another example of just the the ugly underbelly of capitalism. Yeah, I I uh, I think that, or at least for me, when when I'm viewing this story, I'm starting to consider our data, our digital selves, as somewhat unknown territory. And and you know, let let, let me unpack that a little bit because we use such a sort of blunt term as data you know that's information about me right so it's easy to discuss it as being this this complete this complete thing to to itself and it really isn't and what's interesting to me is that there's there's aspects of this of this facebook data um, or or the user profile data that we have not really considered uh, thoroughly when we're handing it over to our, you know, uh, to a digital service. So uh, let me start by saying if, you know, imagine we're in our non-digital lives and I strike up a friendship with you, Dirk, 
there's certain information that you're going to learn about me over time, whether it's my address, because, you know, you come over for, you know, for a drink, or um, you, you start to learn about the things that I like because we go to a store together and I buy something. So, so there's incremental parceling out of this so-called data that we have as part of our relationship. Uh, and there are gates there, right? So certain activities that we do, if we go to the movies or, or whatever, you know, we, we may not choose to do, do other activities. So, so there's these built-in ability for us to get to know each other and for certain so-called data to be shared. And that's how a relationship is built. Now, in, in the case of a Facebook profile, the information that I choose to share there or, or not share there and the permissions I set to those, I, you know, I don't consider them in the same way that I do uh, when I'm going through the, the flow of developing a relationship with somebody. So it's a, a massive piece of information about me um, that I have... Uh, shared with people who I'm friends with on Facebook. Um, and those people um, I may not have a ongoing relationship with. I'm, I may, they may be friends from high school. They may be people that I know now. So all of a sudden, this carefully parceling out of information that happens in the physical world is just no longer the case. There's just this massive amount of information about me, whether it's photos of me, you know, at various holidays, whether it's my likes and dislikes, whether it's things that I've said, and all of this just becomes becomes available in a public fashion. And that is, it's it's not quite like having your private diary shared um, or journal or what have you, but it's it has some analog to that. We don't have the same physical. Uh, ways of, of of meeting out information, and this is just sort of you know I'm I'm just riffing on this because this is the uh, uh, area where Facebook is is most concentrated. But if you can start to you know apply this thought across all of our digital data, which once again you know there's health data, there's data about our family history, uh, there's you know genomics data, there's data about our our behavior, you know, when, when we're in our houses and we have our uh, Internet of Things appliances on. And all of these things require a certain amount of thought, a certain amount of measurement and understanding, uh, you know, before we, uh, you know, let companies, let like people we don't know, let other organizations uh, have have access to it. And what concerns me is that this is just all seen as a giant digital clob. This is just John's digital life, and it's this big, um, uh, this big pile of stuff. And it's really not that. There's there's a lot more nuance to it. Um, and I think we're going to have to find other names for data. Like the Eskimos have uh, some uh, large amount of names for snow because they have to deal with it all the time. But we need other ways of talking about so-called data because it's not all the same stuff. And the consequences for misusing different pieces of it uh, can, can be dire, uh, as, as we've seen in this case. Dirk, I've, I've ranted and raved. Uh, uh, tell me what you think. I suspect there are specific terms for, for different for different types of data. I mean, they're not used commonly. I'm not familiar with them. Obviously, you're not familiar with them 
either. But I'm sure if we crawled into the world of data nerdery, mm -hmm. uh, we would we would find those terms. So I think they even exist. It's just that there's no awareness, uh, no no knowledge. I mean, look, you know, it's uh, it's uh, a lot of us use services like Facebook as a diversion, as a distraction, as a, a down moment for our brains and the last thing that we want is to be decoding some complex, um, some complex system of, uh, you know, what are the different types of data that I can be familiar with and understand what's going on here and sort it all out. Like, um, we're just wanting to go on there and put on smiley faces and, and gifs. Right. So, um, that's the problem is that the, the role that, services like Facebook that are very data intensive, that are leveraging the data about us, um, they're, they're not things that are like a legal contract where we're at a moment in our day where we have to have our brain turned on, where we know it's going to suck, where we have to focus and figure it out properly because we know that that's the context of legal things. Facebook and, and other social apps live in the universe of I'm going to smile. I'm going to relax. I'm going to turn my brain off. So, you know, for, for some number of woke, <laughs> for lack of a better word, um, individuals with regard to this stuff, yeah, you know, we can have the awareness and, and make decisions, but most people just want to sort of slide on into the things that they're doing. So I, I think that solutions that are on the side of personal responsibility are going to be failures because you're going to serially get people who um, mindlessly opt in ignorance of the ramifications and implications and are surprised downstream when, you know, their, their data is being used in ways that they don't want or, or things are happening on the platform that are, are beyond the scope and scale of, of their conception of it in their own, world in in their own life it's not for other people it's not just the thing to be goofy around or to just mindlessly numbly thumb through while you're standing in line at the grocery store for other people this is a weapon to um attack the you know the the democratic system of another country for example and so the juxtaposition of those things not not fitting fitting in with each other terribly well really makes the problem worse yeah that's you know that's that's a good insight uh i think that we're to the point now where i mean having sort of experienced most of you know the internet uh revolution and the mobile uh, the subsequent mobile revolution uh, from a professional side, I, I can say that at the beginning of the internet, it really did feel like the wild west and people were sort of putting together uh, products and services uh, and, and pushing the boundaries. I'm desensitized to that right now, but I still think we're in, we're in that wild west period, even though it may not seem like it. And part of that is you know, they they called the uh, the cure alls that hucksters would sell to uh, gullible people. You know, that was that was snake, snake oil. oil, right? Yeah, so yeah. so we're at the snake oil. We really are at the snake oil uh, stage of uh, you know social media and and uh, in understanding our data, right? So we don't know what's what's in your service. You're just 
asking us to trust you. And then there, there might be all sorts of toxic nastiness that we're basically putting into into our digital selves and and we're completely unaware of it which which brings me to the regulation discussion which is being you know sort of burgeoning right now so i don't know how serious it is uh, around you know hey hey facebook needs to or not let's take it away from just facebook but just say you know digital giant digital companies that that have a lot of data about people are inevitably going to face uh, you know further controls as as we start to get away from the experimental wild west part of digital services and and be, it becomes more of a uh, um, an aspect of our lives that it, not quite commodity but or or utility but but more approaching that i think this this mess with facebook and cambridge analytica is important because it's amplifying the public discussion about this which we really need to have because once there's awareness about the problem it's going it's still going to be years before we have any sort of sensible ways to to deal with data and i, I won't even say you know privacy because you know that's that term is so fraught but but at least permissions and 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 how we how we handle that in in a better way but it's amazing to me that this story has caught fire because it seems so so pedestrian in some ways um and it's been around for so long i just don't quite get why this is what uh, is causing so much angst over at, at Facebook now when it's been such a, uh, a long road to get here. But whatever the case may be, the public public's eye is definitely on personal data and, and what do we do next? And, and is, there, is there a way that we can, can create laws, create regulation, create something that, that at least is, is more aware of of data usage and and the bad ways in which it can be abused. Yeah, you know, I like I like you're invoking the wild west. I mean, these are early days and we don't even realize it. You know, we we're we norm to thinking this is just the way that it is. You know, I, I think back to the electric industry and the first 20 years of when, you know, <laughs> the electric light was being pumped. If you if you were in New York City and you looked up into the sky, above your head was a lattice of wires. Uh, mm -hmm. You could see the sky, but it was through wires, wires everywhere. And those wires would fall. They would electrocute people. I mean, it was it was silly. It was ludicrous. Like we if you when you see pictures of it today, it's like, oh, my God. But for those folks, that was reality. That was life now with electricity. That's just the way it was. And it took a lot of people getting zapped by by live wires. It took a lot of innovation. It took a lot of money. It took a lot of regulation and legislation. But now, you know, look, the electric lines are, are public utilities. Uh, many of the lines are, are underground or at least, uh, you know, uh, in um, sort of more convenient and safe um, ways. And, and now we're normed uh, in, in a way that is, is pretty much the same for decades, you know, going on, going on centuries. Um, and we aren't there yet with, with social media and a lot of these online tools. We've got, as you pointed out, a long way to go. Yeah, I, I, that's a, that's a great description of the early use of electricity, Dirk. I, you know, and we're getting zapped right now. We are stepping on the live wires of, of Facebook. I'm sure, you know, our children will have a, 
a more savvy understanding about the nuances of data. We're the generation that just threw our junk up on the internet and uh, um, and just hope for the best, right? Like we're just we're just going to start this thing and you know throw these things together and not really think about it too clearly because you can't. I mean, there's it was a innovative process and uh, there's amazing sort of benefits uh, to all the online services, um, but now they're really reaching maturity and and really need uh, a stronger hand uh for you know regulation and and laws and and i hope our congress has the stomach for it because this is somewhat technical i can imagine you know some congressman you know back in the 20s or whatever talking about you know regulating electric wires and you know it, it's much much the same sort of unusual technology right uh it's people uh, will will struggle with uh, how how we describe these things and and what the the best rules are for governing them but I I really do hope our our Congress is up to the task because it, it is needed uh, my impression is that it's going to take a little while longer before we have anything sensible in place I think it'll take a lot while longer I think they they eventually will be up to the task but uh, don't don't hold your breath waiting. I won't. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by GoInvo, a studio designing the future of healthcare and emerging technologies, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at dnemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 251 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>